Abraham, a field guide to loving God. Written and narrated by David Tisch. That, that's me. Introduction. I wrote this book for the people at Westgate Church, the church where I serve in my home city of San Jose, California. And as I wrote this, I had in mind the faces of an entire community of people. People I've served alongside, people I've laughed with, people I've served communion to, people I've sat next to during services as we prayed and sang songs to God, and people who I've just hung out with because they're super fun people and life is better with them in it. These are people who I know, above all else, want to love God well. I know this because this desire leaks out of them so often. I can see it in the way they give of their time, the way they respond with their money and support important work both here and across the world. I see it in the way they speak to other people, serve their kids, love their spouses, and devote their very best time and energy to living like Jesus did. That's why I'm so excited to share this. Part of being a pastor is sharing your own life and what God is teaching you and forming in you. And this model, from Abraham, has been very helpful to me to follow Jesus more closely and more fully submit my life to God. But this model isn't mine. In September of 2019, I decided to enroll in seminary to get an advanced degree in theology, mainly because I had way too much free time and money just hanging around. At the time, Western Seminary up in Portland was experimenting with a new way to do seminary. They put a group of pastors from around the country into a single cohort, and the goal was, for the next two years, that we would all go through all the material together as a group with one instructor. So, several times a year, myself and this amazing group of people from all over the country flew into Southern California to spend a few days together with our instructor, Dr. Gary Brashears. It's like Hogwarts, and Gary is our Dumbledore. Or maybe it's like Dagobah, and Gary is our Yoda. You get the idea. Gary's been teaching theology at Western for more than 40 years, and I remember our first class together as a group, I had no idea what to expect. I remember thinking, I wonder how long it will take in this opening lecture, before my mind is completely blown away by something Gary says. I set a timer on my watch and began taking notes. It was 14 minutes. 14 minutes. That's how long I had to wait to have my entire mind blown. But that's neither here nor there. The first eight hours of class in that cohort, I felt I learned more about the Bible and God than I had in the last eight years. But it was the second day that really did a number on me. After spending eight hours on the first 11 chapters of the first book of the Bible, Genesis, Gary began to talk about the life of Abraham, starting in Genesis 12. Genesis 1 shows us that human beings are created to be in a vibrant relationship with the Creator God, and then things fall apart. And the stories of Abraham show us some important things about what it means to live life with God. I'm incredibly grateful to Gary and the way he walked with us through the story of Abraham. He took the life of Abraham and connected it directly to the teachings of Jesus to love God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. And as I read Abraham's story through the lens of Jesus' teachings, it unlocked something in me. It helped me make sense of things I couldn't have articulated before. And I'm grateful when I asked him if I could take his teachings and notes and ideas and all the things I've learned from them and try to put them in a book that he graciously said, yes. That's one of the core reasons why I'm so excited to share this. Over the past year, I've seen its fruit in my own life. It's been part of a four-part diagnostic that's helped me submit my life to God. And it's been the follow-up questions to this prayer, famously prayed by King David. From Psalm 139, search me, God, and know my heart. 
Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. But I have another reason for this book. I also wrote this book for me. You see, as I am writing this, my son Justice is 16 years old and is a sophomore in high school. His sister JL is two years behind him in school, and as of this moment, I have a little more than a thousand days left with my son before he leaves for college. I don't want to think about that too much. Right now, I put my daughter to bed every night, tucking her in and praying with her. That's going to end at some point. I don't think our college roommates will appreciate that ritual. How my son and my daughter choose to live their lives is wildly important for me. These teenage years are so challenging for me as a parent. I'm supposed to instruct them on this stuff like an air traffic controller calling ahead of them to provide them a flight plan to help them avoid turbulence. And if I'm honest, I don't always know how to do this. It's like I'm building the airplane while I am flying it. One of my mentors, Ken Van Meter, once told me that you can never give your kids a roadmap, but you can give them a compass. After all, who knows what the world or what life will bring? It's impossible to know or predict. So as my son, and a little while after that, my daughter, prepared to launch into a wonderful and cruel and confusing world, I want to be the sort of father who gives them a compass, a field guide, if you will, a way to know whether they are on course as a person, a way to evaluate things a trustworthy compass that will guide them, each of them, and me, through life, especially the dark storms that will inevitably come their way. Because life isn't easy. Being a parent is one of the best things that's ever happened to me, defining and redefining me in magnificent ways, but parenting is also humiliating. It reveals you for who you actually are. And I can't tell you how many times I realized I was inept or incapable. Nobody tells you how to disarm the clever and complex defense mechanisms you develop to survive in this harsh world, the ones that keep you safe, but lock your true self and God outside in the cold. Nobody tells you what to do with your own demons when they start rattling up in you and you can't seem to make them go away. Nobody told me that. I need more than try harder or simple platitudes that pretend like everything's okay. I don't want my shortcomings and character flaws to continue to hurt the people I say I love the most. I want to be healed. I'm tired of the uncertainty of having desires and ambitions, but not knowing which ones are from God and which ones are from my own brokenness. I want to have a heart that's recalibrated. I'm tired of my own selfishness and ruthless preoccupation with my own self. I know life is not about what I want. I want to know that it's possible to use the entirety of my life, my energy, my money, my words, my influence, my privilege to help people, to love others. I want to stop being held hostage by my bad theology about God. When bad things happen, I always expect God to leave because God clearly has his favorites. It's just not me. I want to stop believing the lie that at his core, God's primary emotion toward me is profound disappointment. I need help out of this. I need a guide. I need to get closer to God. And Abraham has been helpful because... Despite his lowly background, despite his considerable flaws, despite his wrong-headed religious ideas, despite his failures, despite his mistakes, God found Abraham. And Abraham followed God. Even though he didn't know what he was doing or where he was going, Abraham stubbornly hung on to God. He heard God, he listened to God, he followed God, even when it didn't make sense. And sometimes he failed miserably, 
but God still came through. And God never left him. And because of that, Abraham learned much about what God is like. And the story of Abraham's life with God is an amazing story that changed the world. And even today, when people think of Abraham's story, they think of his God. And they say, that's the kind of story only God could write. And I guess that's what I'm after too.